Hello. Hello. Um, this week we have our wonderful co-host Faye. Hello, Faye. Hello again. Hello, hello. Hi, Faye. And we are meeting the wonderful David Shorey. Hello, David. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Hi. We've got the biggest fan club over here. Definitely <laughs> biggest yeah. fan right here. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited about this because David makes such amazing things over such a broad range of things. Um, so yeah, let's 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 jump into it. What what do you yeah. do, David? What do you what do you want to show us? <laughs> so I have a bunch of different things. Of course, the pe- the ones that people are people know me for the most are the printing on fabric, mainly fabric guy, the yeah. the dragon scales and things of that nature. And as Billy, um, as you had pointed out in one of the other streams, one of the things that you really liked about it was the actual noise that it made. Yeah, I'd only ever seen GIFs of them, and I'd never actually knew that they made such an amazing sound. So um, I was blown away yeah. when I heard that. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so melodious. It's such a satisfying sound. Mm. Yeah, these are two shells and zero infill oh, in order oh, to do hello. this. So that's why they have that. that that's why they have the nice uh, resonance on the sound. You know, a little musical so, instrument. Yeah. So. Um, and then one of the other things that I wanted to do to show is something that I had worked on about a year ago with Arduino and trying to do the electronics and making it more accessible to people while still making it scalable to what is already out there. So I know that there's other things like Circuit Python and things like that that you know, that are are node-based ones to try to make it um, more accessible. But the problem with that is if you are trying to make something, invariably you have a controller board or you have a motor controller, something else that requires a bit of code that is, that you can't throw into one of those. They're getting better every day. But also, when you look up stuff, you're getting um, you're getting very you're getting issues. So, um, I tried to make a system that uses um, conventional um, Arduino code. I'm getting a little bit of an echo or something. Yeah, I think maybe. You know what? I'm actually just. Yeah, I was just thinking. I don't have my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. So I wanted to um, make this system that would be straightforward to use um, and allow you to concentrate on what you wanted to do rather than exactly how to hook it up. Because one of the other issues I found is you would find a tutorial on how to make a blinking light but then you wanted to have the blinking light be controlled by a potentiometer. And then you couldn't, the code collided with each other. You couldn't actually combine those pieces of code together. You had to have a really deep understanding of what was going on in the background. So I wanted to create a system that was easier for that. So, um, 
let me go over into my um, my uh, website here. Um, friend of mine. Um, what? Is this better, by the way? Yes. Is the sound better? Okay. Cool. Great. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, no problem. Um, so my friend Elise, she made the um, front end of this, and then I did the programming in the back end of it. Um, I actually have this available for free um, through my Patreon. All I ask is that you um, that um, you basically follow me on Patreon and then send me a message on there, and then I can get you Very access you. to the beta. Yeah. So I want people to try it. I want to get feedback on it. So let me go into what it is about this. So um, what we're doing here is I have your Arduino that I made a little small graphic of. And say I want to just do the standard, you know, hook up an LED and make it blink. So I pick the red LED and the green areas are where it's a good place. Um, the bad areas are, are um, red and nope are, are um, black. So it tries to give you a little bit of a heat map. It'll still allow you to do that, but it gives you a heat map. So if you're new to it, it's like, what's a good spot for this? And if you already have it hooked up, great. So I drag this into here. And then I have predictive code and use delay. And I just hit get code. This allows me to um, get the make the Arduino code. And then I can copy it to clipboard. And then if I have the Arduino IDE um, up, I can just um, select it. So now I, um, once I have that up, it's very straightforward in that I just pasted it into there. Um, the main things are making sure that the Arduino is set up for the crate COM port and um, that the board is on the Arduino Uno in this case. And when I, and then I just hit upload. And if everything compiles correctly, um, which it did in the test. <laughs> okay. Um, and then let's go here. Um, I don't know if I need to, can you see the video there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there we go. So you see the red blinking light behind all the wires here. Um, that's blinking the light. So that's um, so I didn't have to actually write the code, but it's all in standard format for it. The um, the trick now is I'm going to go back and share um, change my window here. Okay, so I'm going to go through a very complicated one, which is I have that blinking light, but now I want to um, go in and I want to have a servo board, um, which is um, basically another third-party thing, and it has an out... Uh, 
power that's um, secondary power for it. And then I want to put in the um, inputs a potentiometer and see if I can remember this right. I think I put it in this one. And then I want to have um, a yellow, um, yeah, yellow button on nine. Um, think that's on, yeah, oh, 10. And then I want to have a pulse width modulator, um, which is basically a dimming LED. And Thank you for I'm gonna, that. <laughs> yes, I'm <yeah>. like, hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, what is pulse width modulator? What is all of that? And that's a dimming LED. And then, um, and then I want to have a servo and I believe I can just throw the servo anywhere because I have the servo board connected. And um, then I'm going to turn off use delay. What's the delay um, thing? So delay yeah. is, this is one of those things where once you get into Arduino, you're trying to do all this stuff. And then it's like, what is this whole delay stuff? Delay has to do with basically pausing the processor on the Arduino in order to do things like blink. It basically halts all the code, but is, but is not used once you scale up to a certain level because say you need sensors, those sensors will stop getting data in because you paused everything. So it's a whole huge thing to make it without delay. So you have to do these things called like time dot millis and stuff like that. So instead of you having to figure that out, I just put a switch in there. Gotcha. And then as you can see, I have another switch at the top called use predictive code. So use predictive code um, says things like, if you have a potentiometer and you have a servo and a servo board, connect all three of those things together for me. I don't, have to write, I don't have to write the code to connect the potentiometer to the servo and the servo to the servo board. It writes all of that when I hit the get code. And basically it tries to write all these notes about it in there. So all of this is like is a JavaScript that's writing C C plus plus code for the Arduino. That's why. And then so it's just writing all of this stuff, and then I'm just copying that to clipboard. And then so all I have to do is select all of this and paste that new code and hit the upload button. And everything should work on there. Oh, look at that. And now it controls so the light and the... Yep. And this button now turns on the red light, as you can see. That's, That's awesome. amazing. So as you can see, I didn't... I wrote all the code way before to write the code now so that I don't have to think about... All I have to think about is what um, ports 
things are plugged into and that's it. That's if it's a yellow button, I can clarify it as a yellow button and it makes it. I also made this a toggle switch. So if I press it once, um, it goes on and once it goes off. That's brilliant. So because that's the way you would want to have a, a button with a switch, you want to just turn it on. So you have, but if you look up the code, you have to find all these things about debouncing and things like that. And then this one, as you can see, it fades up, but then it also moves the servo when I move the potentiometer. Wow. Because so that's what you would want. A dimmable LED would be related to a potentiometer and that a servo would be related to a potentiometer. Correct. Like, By yeah. checking that. Yeah. Correct. By by checking that um, button predictive code, it actually takes the um, takes all this stuff, and that was the hard part of the, all this code because I had to create this crazy long logic tree of going, hey, if you have a potentiometer and you have a servo board and you have a servo, do then do this. But if you have an extra servo, then just make it wipe back and forth, you know, and things like that. Wow. So this really is incredible. Yeah, it makes it so Thank much you. like easier, so much easier. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I feel like I'm I'm a good kind of almost test case in the sense that I know yeah. next to nothing. I know next yeah. to nothing about this stuff, and yeah. this is the closest I have come to actually understanding what goes into making this ever. Like yeah. your, your setup is, is clear and it's simple and it's easy for a layperson like me to actually yeah. kind of look at and go, okay, I kind of am able to make sense of how this works. And the fact that you've effectively pre-written the code for everyone, not just yeah. yourself, but literally yeah. everyone who uses this yeah. is just, that's incredible that this it's this sort of thing that actually allows somebody like me to to wire up and use electronics like I would not be able to do it without something like this I would just be very lost very quickly it's overwhelming. But yeah so it's like makes it possible this actually yeah, makes it so it's like yeah so it's like if you want to do a thing where it's like you have these um LEDs and you want to have a button where the LEDs on like say you make some fluffy ears with LEDs you, you hit a button and these lights go on and you want to have another button that these lights go on. You just do that and you just connect two buttons, um, two LEDs and run it through this program and you hook it up to the right ports and you're done. That's it. Um, also, I tried to make it so that it's like I could find things in the past with in the future. So the servo board has a specific library in there. And I think if um, I'm not mistaken, let me see if that's still up. Um, inside here, like I basically try to write um, some extra notes about different things as far as wait times and whatnot. And I might have put in some stuff about the libraries that re were required for it. That's so, you know, and that's the other thing that, 
yeah, yeah it's, so, it'll, it'll allow it'll allow people to go on and learn more mm-hmm. like to, yes. to to go and know more but also people who already know more will be able to kind of see and then like see what you did a bit more like they'll be able to look at this and go oh, okay i see like it it, it created this code for this thing etc cetera, etc cetera. you've you've made it you've made it super accessible i think mm-hmm. yeah and then i also put in a bunch of like serial print lines and stuff like that that so that you can um, debug the code because it's like you don't a lot of times you don't want to have to actually do that yourself. You're just trying to make something quick and then it's like, oh no, I got to make all these print lines and then that crashes your code. This writes all of that because it's like, well, why not? Why not put in everything? Because it's these programs are crazy small comparatively. So for most of the things that you want to do, you know, you're not trying to run a 3D printer with your Arduino. You're just trying to make something blink and maybe some animatronics for for a small like um, figurine or something like that, you know. And oh, this I will would be definitely a way to do- be using this in the future. I, I already have something in mind that I think is perfect for. <laughs> so, so thank you for letting me show this off because I one of the things that I haven't felt I had to do been able to do because um, this was created before like um, the the current round of like you know um, ba- you know maker fairs and other um, and rep rap festivals like Murph and Earth and stuff like that. I wasn't able to show this in person. So that was one of the things is like I made this but a lot of people didn't get it because it really requires, you know, that like 10 minutes of talking of going, you know, here's what you have, here's what you want to do, here's how to do it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect Yay. sense to me now. And and yeah, thank you. That's awesome. It's very cool. I really think, yeah, it's an awesome tool for getting into it, which like sometimes you need to be able to have that overarching concept of how it works to be able to like fill in all the gaps and learn, you know, how to code everything and how to structure it all. But like and having this, this as a stepping really stone is... overwhelming if you're new. Like this stuff is so overwhelming if you're new. So having it be... Oh, oh, Absolutely. Billy's, yeah, you don't always nail on the head, you know, like this is this. Yeah, is. and you don't. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's why I put in that switch as like use delay and used it in the way that you would have if you needed to Google search what it was. Hmm. And I try to make the things um, using terms and using the code. You can at least select the code and then do a Google search on that if you need to find specific things but i try to make it so that you can follow it because i'll do arduino stuff and then i won't do arduino stuff for six months and i need to have breadcrumbs for myself to find out what in the world i did six months ago and that's the other reason for this yeah I love so, it. Well done. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a newbie question actually. Um, shoot, shoot. I have a newbie question. Uh, yeah. so on the um on the screen when when you are choosing your item and it gives you the the green, yellow, red, black, um yeah. good, okay, bad, and nope. Can you explain 
the differences between those and like what like what it means because admittedly I, I feel like I can understand the difference between good okay and, and yeah bad. let me the difference between bad and nope <laughs> okay so okay like, as you can see that there's a lot of different things and I didn't what I wanted to do is not clutter everything out so these are my particular choices based on like kind of me as a newbie like what I just need to know. So Nuts. the so the idea between say on an LED you have good and bad and nope. Um nope on one and two is because there's serial communication happening a lot of times. Um I forget what kind there's some different types of communication that you can do and you usually use point one and port zero and port one for that type of communication and that can make like the led flicker and stuff like that um so that's why you can't do that the other thing is um let me um go to something like uh a pulse with uh modulation thing um actually servos are good ones so servos you know, you could do that, but it's bad. But the way that the servo works, it's not, you're going to want to use the board. So you have to use, let me reset this. It'll be easier. So if I use a servo board here, you can see that it's only in, in those two spots. And that's because, um, of the way that the communication is set up. And currently I have it so that the servo board has to use two ports. And and, and it just won't and, work in any of the others. It just won't function. Yeah, it, you okay. can force it to do other things in it, but it's gonna be it's gonna be more um, trouble than in what it's worth. Like there's whenever you talk to somebody who's been doing it for a while, they'll be like, oh. Well, you can do it this way, you can do it that way. It's like, I'm just trying to make the wings open up on my character when I yeah. press a button. I don't, I don't want to get into the whole thing about, like, how I do, you know, roll over on, you know, on time. Too many options is not a good thing. Yeah. Too many options so, to a newbie is overwhelming. Yeah. So things like a potentiometer and a... Um, those are an analog, so they only can go into the analog signals. And so that's why it's in good, but a lot of times you're going to use that servo board, so that's why those are yellowed out as opposed to green on the bottom two. Because I wanted to say, hey, if you're going to use a servo board, don't put the, don't put the potentiometers in where you put the servo board. So I just allow them allow it to like, oh, here's the shorthand. Just pick, you know, zero through three. Um, okay. You know, so it's like you have different ones where you have like sonar triggers and echo triggers and things like that. Um, and then what does, uh, what, would, what would a bad, the red placement mean? What would a bad placement okay, mean? Okay, so, so the red placement is um, like the button say the button for 13, right? Mm. 13 is the light on the board itself. 
So it has some, it tells you like if things are running properly. So you can get into this um, predict thing where that button is getting triggered early or has some delay thing because it's trying to, that pin is trying to do a bunch of things. So it's like, it probably will work, but you may get some data that you don't want out of it. So that's why that's bad. Nothing's so going to explode, though. Yeah, it's not going to explode. It's not going to, um, it'll probably still work um, in a pinch if you need to. But um, that's just like the thing when you're doing, say, um, printing out, um, you know, for the first time. It's like, I just want to config for PLA that, you know, will probably work. I don't want to get mm -hmm. into the whole thing of like, you know, well, what kind of PLA is it? And what kind of bed are you using and whatever? You just want to have a setting that will probably work, you know? Yeah. So. No, that, you explained it perfectly. Absolutely. And, and, and it's the way you have it set up where it is kind of oversimplified or not oversimplified, but it's, it's simplified. It's, it's made yeah. so that it, you're not necessarily getting the explanation as to why it's, this is a better slot than this one. But like, again, I don't need that. Like, yeah. I'm happy to go, okay, there's a green slot. I can put it in the green slot, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I wanted to make, you know, I wanted to make something that, you know, it's like that would just work you know, maybe there's different explanations and you can argue about this should be red or this should be green or whatever. But at the end of the day, I want to have like my dragonfly and I want to have my dragonfly wings just fly, flutter and fly. So these were very, uh, these were printing on fabric. And then I just used oh. some very thin layers and um, use that um, of a fabric that um, like an, I say, what is the fabric? It's amazing. I think it's um, I think it's like an organza that has like sparkly stuff in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like very glittery stuff, and yeah, it works out great for this. And as you can see, like one side has the shininess because it's on, mm -hmm. I printed on a glass bed, you know, and the other, and because you only print a couple of layers, then you can have that like fluttery flexibility um flappiness to it even and I'm though assuming this it's is, just PLA. Yeah this is just PLA. Yeah. This is uh filamentum's um vertigo galaxy you know so oh, that yeah. has its own sparkles so it on it. So sparkly I yeah. love a good sparkle. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That is, I love it. That yeah. is beautiful. Yeah thank you. I love it. <laughs> so <laughs> Which also leads me to yeah to some of the other things like you've seen these ones at the low. again um, fabric is the choice and like this is one of those fabrics where it's like as you can see it's stuck but not completely so okay. have they picked so, up over time or is it um most of these picked off in the beginning okay so I think there was some over time but most of it picked off in the beginning. But there's enough roughness in this that it holds on to it. Yeah, there, I was going to say, yeah, none of those came off, which is the important thing. None of those came off. So the things that, um, you know, and Billy, as you know with these, um, 
the I kind of I've reduced it down to three main things that contribute to being able to print on fabric. Because everybody asks me, well, what kind of materials can you print on? You know, and like I've printed on things like this paper, I've printed on, you know, metal mesh. Um, oh I've printed gosh. on carbon fiber, oh. carbon fiber fabric, um, two different weaves. So, oh, wow. and, amazing. <laughs> um, but the things that contribute well. to it is going to be three different things how thin the material is, um, how porous the material is, and how stretchy the material is. So something like a thick stretch denim is going to be one of the toughest things that you can kind of get through, like that you can still get through. But like neoprene, you're not getting through neoprene. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Neoprene is sweat is um swimsuit material, like not swimsuit, like yeah, um, yeah, like wetsuit, wetsuit. Yes. Yeah, wetsuit, wetsuit material. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, so, that's the that's the really thick stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's got like a so piece. so if you're doing stuff that is just like like a mesh net or a shear or something like that, you can usually go through a pretty uh pretty easily. And not having it stretch um, makes it easier to tape down to the bed. And if the nozzle catches it, it doesn't pull it and stretch it all into weird places. Yeah. Which I've had, like, every different thing. Like, this stuff is really cool, but very hard to um, print through. Because it's just a li- it's it's about as thick as this, you know. So okay, it does the stretchiness so, make it easier or harder? Harder. harder. Stretchiness okay. makes it harder. That's not what I thought. So you know, like this is going to print out, print really nice because um, it doesn't, it doesn't have much stretch to it. Like a bit of um, yeah. Super porous. Yeah, super porous. This is also good, which is, um, and I suggest this for people that are just trying out, which is. Screen door material, fiberglass screen door material. Um, they make it in a smaller roll, about a six inch roll for gutters. And it's pretty cheap. You can get it for like six bucks at Home Depot. And that's probably the easiest to print on. I really like that one too, because I saw one of your posts was um, drone parts made by sampling. Yes you know, a bit of filament, then one of those, then a bit of filament, then it going a 45 yeah. degree angle, etc. So it's like yeah. sandwiching a whole bunch. And I, I just love that because that would be adding a whole heap more strength. You're basically making a composite material that way, um, like yes. a laminated material. And um, yeah, I just think for the drone application, particularly making lightweight, strong parts that have that reinforcement in it is just, oh, so cool. And I think, yeah, not many, I don't know anyone other than you who's explored that technique and it's very, very cool. Yeah, and I actually got that from um, a video talking about um, compressed materials for um, building uh, bridges and stuff like that for the ramps for the bridges. And what they did is they took screen door material, I think it was screen door material, and then put layers of that with sand and then 
put a car on top of like a um, one foot block of sand and were able to support the car because the layers of um, screen door mesh were able to um, hold the thing together and prevent the um, sand from shifting. Wow. So it was so so there's like a whole like there's a whole physics involved in strength with mechanical means. And that's the other thing that I try to explain to people with the 3D printing. It's printing through the fabric. So because it connects with the backside, it's actually a mechanical bond, not a like a glue bond, mm-hmm. not a chemical bond. It's a physical, mechanical bond. Mm. Well, yeah, because it's it's effectively kind of reaching through the holes of the fabric to kind of exactly combine with yeah. the plastic on the other side. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand it correctly. Exactly. No, that's yeah. exactly it. Yes. <laughs> My yeah. very technical so. visual. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah and as, as you've seen in the back here I have some of my dresses that I've done and like one of the things I did was because of 3D printing I can actually print like these little diamonds and that connected the rings back there for that dress mm. um, that's so cool so that one there so, all so the I think the crazy cool. ones are printed in that aren't they or yeah, real? so there's I think I think like fifteen hundred rings in that. Wow. Um <laughs> but the thing is I'm actually printing I don't know if you can see it here with that, is the hole and there's actually little tiny um holes where the rings go. So I have exact placement of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm never like, okay, I have to do this. I may have to poke it with with a pin or something like that to open up the hole, but I know exactly where it is mm-hmm. and where I want to have areas of the material to shrink, like on the waist or something like that. I actually have designs where this is a little bit skinnier and then I have wider rink ones in other parts. So I'm just mixing and matching different size diamonds to actually get a 3d shape to go around the body. That's oh, so cool. So cool. That is so cool. So, so cool. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. So, so um, I'll show one of these other ones that I think people really like, which is this. Yes. So, is this fabric as well? This. There's this no like, fabric in there. Yeah. This is just chain mail and 3D printed parts. Yeah. So this is this is chainmail, but the way that this is one of probably my most complicated ones in that there is actually four layers of plastic and three layers of rings in order to make this. So as you can see, they're hexagons, right? So hexagon is bestagon. Hexagons are bestagons. I agree. Yes. So so these I made in Fusion 360, and as you can see on this side, they're just big enough for two rings to be put in, not six. So I do two rings at zero degrees, two rings at 60 degrees, 
two rings at 120 degrees. And that's how they're all connected together. Yep. Okay. So it's like that pattern that we're seeing on this current view is is mirrored but rotated. Yeah, rotated. And then rotated rotated again. Yeah, to fill in each side of the six. Yeah. Yeah. So there was actually three different pauses that I needed to do to drop in rings into this. That's awesome. I love it. So so that was one of my most complicated ones to do. But unlike traditional chainmail, I didn't have to open up any of the rings. These could have been welded rings to make this type of chainmail because of the fact that they're being embedded into another 3D printed part. Yep. Yep. Ah, so gorgeous. I love it. It's so cool. <laughs> so. And I won't be remiss without doing the Art Deco purse. I love that purse. That's so good. Yeah. I love the rings. So, so yeah, this, the nice thing about having doing something like this, I'm taking full advantage of both the fabricness of things because it would completely fall apart if it was actually this part's connected, but probably fall apart pretty quick if it wasn't and taking advantage of it being PLA. So once I got it off the bed, all I did was heat the bed, pull it off the bed, heat the bed back up to like 80 degrees, 80, 90 degrees. And then bend it over ah. the over my desk and that gave it the curve Go so ahead. and then when it cooled down it kept that thing so that's why you know you actually have the fabric fully embedded into a curved surface ah. so there's a lot of things where say you want to do some kind of more corsety type thing or something where you have to have a lot of curve to it you're not limited to flat with the 3d print because you can just make a buck um, and bend it over that while you've reheated it, mm-hmm. either with the bed itself or with a heat gun or something like that. And then all the edges, I made holes, and then I'm just doing a rivet part to it to connect all the pieces to it. Yep. So, so this was also my kind of like, Billy, I know that you have like the – you know, all the skills for the sewing. I do not. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to basically take, a lot of this was taking the, how far can I go making fashion if you take out sewing and gluing? Can you still do it? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, because that seems like, you know, it's like, hey, those would be a main staple of, you know, making fashions would be glue and sew. And it's like, let's see how far we can do it without it. You know, because I have tendency to glue myself to myself, you know, so. yeah. <laughs> Mine's the hair. I just end up traipsing my hair through glue every time I use glue. Oh. I have big lumps of glue in my hair. Oh. And spend the next few days, like, slowly picking it out. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I hate glue. Well, anti-glue. Yeah. So everything. <laughs> Yeah, but this well, is awesome. All, I love, I love, yeah, the creative use of like trying to work around yeah. that as a problem. I think it's led to some really interesting solutions. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. You, when you add limitations like that, um, you you really it forces you to find solutions to different 
to the problem. And uh, all of this stuff was still based um, on one of my main staples, which is I wanted to create things that I have in my head at the quality level that I see in my head. And I knew from early on that I didn't have the time or the patience to do the hand skills that I needed to do to get that out. The, you know, drawing a straight line, even with a ruler and not having the ink, like, go underneath the ruler and ruin everything. Or trying, I got a sticker, all I have to do is line it up. No, it's never going to line up straight with me. So I wanted to develop tools and systems um, and and um, and techniques for um, those limitations. Mm-hmm. So creating, you know, a tool that can line things up so that you don't have to actually worry about your precision as far as lining up, you know, basically building a better ruler, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, building as um, they do in CNC machining, a lot of it is about the fixturing, about creating mm. fixtures for um, holding the metal and holding it at different angles and things like that and creating um, preliminary processes for doing things. So if you can do those with the 3D printer or with an Arduino or whatever it is, then you can um, develop the thing that you have in your head and bring it out there to the world. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, yeah, Digifab is so cool for that because it, yeah, it does what our hands yeah. can't do, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better. Like, I bought better. my first printer. can do it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I bought my first printer because I wanted to make a dice, and I was like, I can't accurately make a dice with you know my human hands. And um, yeah, yeah that was that was how I got into three D printing because yeah, it does something our hands can't do. So and I I think it's so beautiful for that. And yeah, you're using it in such a cool way to like I yeah obviously yeah. have a big background in costuming and fashion and stuff. So um, yeah, I just love what you do. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. And pull up this crazy one. Oh, that's gorgeous. That's like that Japanese armor pattern. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, 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 Faye, can you see how this is all? It works. This is one yeah, print. I think so. came off the printer. Oh, my God. That one where. But, like. Peel- yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. Yeah. I need to see the back. Ah, oh, cool. Now, so did that's you how place, I connect. Did you place the rings in while it was? Yeah, I paused it and I placed the rings in there, and then when I pull it off, it comes off as one big giant piece. So this was like a crazy thing of trying to figure out like what the limitations of overhangs were and making mm-hmm. sure that they didn't connect with each other, so that there was a lot of CAD involved in in making that uh, with um, with Fusion 360. That's very cool. Can I get another so one? I'm, I'm, I'm imagining the, the patience required to, to place each each ring in. Well, see, that that's the thing is it's not because I'm utilizing the this whole technique of 3D printing. I print all the way 
up until I'm going to close off the ring. So every ring, and maybe this is easier to show on this one, every ring has a cavity, has a path. Oh, boy. So, so placing the rings is time-consuming, but is not mentally or physically straining because of the fact that you have a channel that they belong into that they you've uh, yeah so that you're um designing it with the idea that it has it has a place for it that makes it much that makes it make more much more sense <laughs> yes. i think for whatever reason i was imagining it more like the fabric and it's it, yeah. you would just kind of put it on and it would like put like it's still a little early here. So. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that, no, these are great questions because a lot of people have that kind of question. It's like, how does this make it easier? It's like by utilizing the actual thing and, and by using when you um, pause the printer, you can actually make channels for things. You know, um, originally um, some of my earlier ones had um, – things like popsicle sticks in them. And um, one of the other ones I did was doing joints utilizing uh, the barbell piercings. Cool. Um, so it's like basically you make the little cavities for the barbells and then you have like a shaft. So you have a metal shaft that connects it and you can create this like beadwork utilizing like barbell piercings and, and that's 3D really printing. That's smart. That's that's gonna be a such. That's gonna be so much stronger than a ball, like a ball joint that you would create with filament. Like that's gonna be so much stronger. Yeah. So that was my whole thing. Is like creating the things where the big problem with making hinge systems, living hinges, or whatever you're doing with three D printing, is the hinge itself is going to be weak. But if you can put like um, as Billy did with the um, watercolor and gouache um, container. Have that right here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Opens up like. By that. putting that, the living hinges become super strong. Yeah. Yeah. They That's do. Awesome. Yeah. Because it's fabric instead of the plastic. Yeah. Where... So this one, you know, because of that, it become. I have three layers in here. So just to follow up um, with the ring stuff. Oh. <sighs> So cool. So it's so satisfying on a yeah. like, almost visceral level, like mm. a yeah. kind of tactile. So, the sound is nice. Like, ooh, yeah. I want to, I want to crunch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so stress toys. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so doing all those different things, whether they be that kind of thing. You know, like with the purse, you know, the other thing is making, you know, these custom beads that I did with it. You know? I really like so, that with the, the, the string kind of interwoven yeah. like that. That's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's like you just design it up. And that's one of those things with 3D printing with 3D, and um, with all of those pieces where you can design a non-finished 3D thing. So it doesn't work unless there's fabric or unless there's string or unless there's, you know... Um, you're creating a component rings. instead of a finished Yeah, rings. exactly. And you're making a system that it's like works from it. 
you know, one of the other ones that I did earlier on was um, capturing things. So it's like this is mirrors that are captured inside there. So there's no sewing and no gluing again. So the mirrors, <laughs> I just printed a cavity for them, drop them in, and then it prints the frame at the top just a little bit smaller than the mirrors, so thus capturing the mirrors inside there. That way you don't get any glue on the mirrors itself. Which yeah. is which uh, is like so mirrors in like like Indian beadwork um, are actually done yeah. the, in a very similar way, but they're embroidered on. But they they're very they make yeah. a little embroidery frame essentially around the mirror, so they capture it in a very very similar way. But um, yeah, obviously oh my gosh, so right. and I, it's so much work. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't realized that. I know I know what you're talking about, and like. Yeah, yeah, now that I'm suddenly thinking about they it, and I'm like, wait a minute. They have right. the mirror, and they run a bunch of stitches kind of around the edge, and then they buttonhole stitch around that to make it all neat. Um, and so, yeah, you're essentially building a frame around the mirror, but, yeah, it's a lot of work, <laughs> and the 3D print is just so perfect, perfect solution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Things that can, can, that can join together or contain something with, yeah, with no glue, with no... Um, kind of I don't even I can't think of the right words to describe what I'm talking about but like ba basically this sort of thing or like like the Japanese style joins that basically just yeah. use gravity and friction to have a perfect hold and and, and are strong yeah. like that kind of thing you know mechanical linkages thank you thank you like yeah. what you what you've created to hold these little yeah. pieces of mirror you know they're yeah. not going anywhere they're secure and in, in fact they're permanent arguably yeah. But there's yeah. no, there's no glue. There's no, there's nothing other than the mirror itself and the thing that's holding it. And that yes. I think is very, very clever. So yeah, I'm into it. There's a kind of beauty in it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly that. There's a There's a real beauty in it. That, that to just kind of so, be like, oh yes, this thing just holds itself. Yep. So one of the things I wanted to actually talk about with this that I realized and. It's one of those ones that's like another project I haven't had time to actually go through is once I printed this out, these were just like three different tests I was doing. I was going to do basically stress tests on like how strong it was. But I realized by printing it this way, these would work out great if you needed to make um, treaded robots, like a tank tread. Oh. So if you needed to have oh. a, like treads on stuff, you can build it this way. You know, um, I forget the guy who makes all the red giant um, 3D printed stuff. Uh, oh my God. Why, why is my, I'm suddenly blanking as well. Oh my God. So, so he was like, he was actually using um, like, I think uh, nylon <laughs> um, um, filament as like the thing that joined them together. Like he made oh, the holes and then he me. used that for um, for that. But I figured if you wanted to make a smaller one and stuff, you could actually use this to do that. Or if you're creating, you need a simple automation thing and you need a custom conveyor belt. Mm. This would work great for making a conveyor belt on something. So if you wanted to have this little conveyor belt and you want to have like little 3D printed scoops that yeah, little um, would go over and do it, 
Yeah. Um, you could actually print it out as like one thing, create a system for joining it back up into the loop, and then you're done. That's awesome. Yeah, that the would, right size that would, and everything yeah. like that. So oh, it would be very it. strong too. Yeah. Like it yes. would be super strong. And you can print the teeth terrible. straight into it, like the teeth that, for the driving mm-hmm. mechanism mm-hmm. straight in. Yeah. And as yeah. you hold that, I'm thinking that looks a lot like corset boning. Um, so I'm yes. thinking now I'm like, could does. I just print all the boning straight onto a corset and then <laughs> and then just yeah. sew up the seams? I'm like, oh, that would be nice. I might have to explore that yeah. idea. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. That, yeah, that way. Done... Oh, sorry. No, you go. <laughs> yeah, because I've done other ones where it's like you have also side ring, you know, basically holes in that so that you can run like a wire or something through different ones and you create like um a piano hinge a 3d printed Mm. piano hinge and then you run like one rod through everything to join it up that's very cool yeah that's awesome oh you're so clever i'm I'm so this is just the best i've got so many ideas i swear i'm not looking away for any any old reason i I know i'm miranda Ivan yes, Miranda. Oh, Ivan, Ivan yeah. of course, yeah. yeah. I, I just, so, I was like, I knew there was a V, I knew there was an yeah. A, and I knew there was an N, and I had them backwards yeah. in his head, and I was like, I was like, is it I feel like yeah. an idiot. So, yeah. Ivan Miranda. Yeah. Well Ivan done. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be able to, I wouldn't be okay. Yeah. <laughs> just so, sitting here the whole And time. one of the other ones that, that, uh, has been seen for a while is the ah, Cyberella. So was that done with Fusion's like generative? Yes, yes. So like they had like one month when it was like free to use. So I utilized that to um, design. Was this a premium, uh, a premium thing in Fusion? It is now. It's yeah. a premium thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had okay. it like as. So the idea would be you create. Um, like all these round points I created on the tops and the bottoms, I put a blocker in here and then I told it, figure out the best structure based on strength or stiffness. And then it creates this organic pattern to connect all those points together. Cool. Yeah. So, that. That's new to me. <laughs> But like so, it's created something very kind of HR Geiger yes, yes. looking. Um yeah. but also fashion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so yeah, there's a lot of, so there's a lot of just different things that you can do with it. I also love and I kinda like um accentuated it. It has this like double helix thing like right here in the shape yeah, of it. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Now, is that printed in resin? Uh, this is just on um, PLA. This is just wow. a regular. Yeah. Yeah. That's so this that just, printed well. Yeah. So this is just regular PLA. Yeah. Um, most everything I end up doing is a torture test on my printers. Um, <laughs> sure they love you for it. I'm sure they love you. Like, especially when I'm doing like the, the metal mesh. Um, like I refer to it as off-roading, um, <laughs> like, like the, the printer nozzle, <laughs> oh, it, 
it prints really well, but it will let you know that it does not like doing this. (laughs) (laughs) You will need to change your nozzle after. (laughs) You know, I've sent... um, I've sent like um, the whole nozzle assembly back to see me CNC because like all the fans are busted. All the, all the uh, fan blades in their um, little thing are completely busted. It, you know, it looked like I just like, you know, it's like, what did you do? Put this in, in like the Baja 500? What did you? <laughs> Nothing. Really? <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of our audience, what, what yeah. 3D printers do you use for your stuff? Um, I think we know, but yeah. Not. So um, I actually started doing this 3D printing on fabric on a Monoprice Mini, the little the little Cartesian one. So oh, wow. um, so I printed on that. I printed on Prusa's um, print. My main one that I use is a Simi CNC. Um, Artemis, which is a Delta printer. So jealous. Um, That's my dream printer. It's my dream printer. Yeah, I won't ship it here because, like, it no, has it. It's, not, it's my dream. <laughs> so jealous. So yeah, and, okay, it's okay. I can't get them here in the UK either. Yeah, lucky America. So yeah, the, and for me, like, I did a lot of testing, and the the big thing was the Delta. Because specifically that one was the best because the bed itself doesn't move. So I could have fabric um, flow all over the place and I didn't have to worry about it. So I could print on just a small section. It being a Delta, it has three legs, so it's a little bit trickier. But my, my preferred one, but nobody really makes it, would be a CNC router style 3D printer where it's like, I don't need the height. Mm-hmm. I need the length and the width and I need a bed that doesn't move. Yeah, I was th- the- just thinking that. I was thinking that having the, the, the kind of the stable bed, the bed that doesn't move must make printing on fabric much easier. Because while I imagine it that does, like, I could probably do it on my printer. It makes printing in general easier. Bed slingers are just, once I moved away from bed slingers, I'm like, why? Why do we? <laughs> why? <laughs> no, that's, that's very that's very fair. And like I'm looking at my Prussian thinking, oh, there's so many ways that fabric could just get tangled up. Yeah, the the thing that like for me the Prusa the hard there was two main things that were hard with the Prusa. Like I printed a ton of stuff with the Prusa um with it. I think even this one, I think this one was a Prusa print. Um on there and there's two things one is they have such tight tolerances with the side areas with Mm -hmm. the left and right frame that you can't have any fabric lay over the sides um that's exactly so it's like if you're using a print prusa um beware of the side the left right sides the other one is beware of the pinda probe catching on the fabric because that's the other thing yeah so the thing that i like about um say this particular um delta this the cnc is it uses um i believe it's from 
technology from quadcopters, essentially an accelerometer to do the bed leveling. So it literally goes down and slams against the glass and the change in speed is what figures it out. So it's literally tapping the nozzle. nozzle. It's not a delta of the nozzle and a probe. It is the nozzle. So it doesn't matter how tight the nozzle is or how long it is because it's, it's the actual nozzle that is the sensor because it's doing the accelerometer stuff um, with it, which so unlike say, um, so similar to a Lulzbot, like a Taz or something like that, um, they do it, but they do um, like three points, three or four points, and they do the connectivity. So they have to wipe the nozzle off. Um, this doesn't have to deal with connectivity, so you can have any bed you want. It doesn't matter. Like, you can literally put your fabric material down and bed level if you wanted to. It won't matter. Yep. Yep. Yeah, thankfully, my leveling thing comes off. So I level and then take the thing off, and it's out of the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So very uh, helpful. Yeah. Uh, so all, th all, like, those kind of things as far as it... But I wanted to let people know it's as long as your slicer and printer can do a pause, I've pretty much printed with every um, major um, 3D printer. I've done like uh, CR10 S5s. Um, there was one guy at um, the Bay Area Maker Fair. He did a a huge banner that was like a three foot band, three, four foot banner where nice. he did um, multiple prints on one piece of fabric. Um, I think it was either fabric or screen door. I think it might've been screen door material, but he did it on a, on a Creality S5, the big one, and printed it multiple times where he printed and then shifted the whole print down and printed again. Mm -hmm. um, that and sense. that's with a crazy big moving bed and everything. And he was able to make it work. So nervous. yeah, it's very nerve wracking to do it, something like that. But I wanted to let people know that even though you have a, you know, a small moving bed and stuff like that and these probes and whatever, as long as you done. can, it can be done. As long as you can pause and as long um, then, and as long as you can find a good way to secure the material, you're good to go. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty much just being able to like, I, and gosh, this is where I'm going to show my, my potential lack of knowledge about different 3d printers, but I'm assuming that it, as long as it uses Marlin, you can edit, just edit the G code to add in a pause. Most, G, most, even most flavors of mm -hmm. firmware um, allow you we'll to let pause you do anyway. That. Yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. That's kind so, of what I thought. Yeah. Like, they all that's, have that. That's yeah. not high level stuff. Adding in a pause is not the most. Yeah. It's thing. not high level stuff, but it's like at the same time, it's like, I don't, I don't trust myself enough to, um, modify g-code that i know is going to be pausing an hour into the print 
And mm. because I do so many tests, I'm, I don't have a G code that is like, oh, this is a standard bench. It's like when I'm trying to print something, I'm always mucking with the, the changes because sometimes it's just fabric. Sometimes it's fabric and rings. You know, sometimes it's multiple layers of fabric. Thankfully, fabric the and, has, has uh, made it really easy now to, to yeah. add in pauses. Like you don't even have to go in at the G code level. They've made it, yeah. they've made it now that you can literally it like kind of within their interface, just add in pauses. And I, I do think that that sort of thing is a really useful thing to have in a slicer because there's a lot of reasons why you might want to pause the printer to do something like change the filament to a different color, and, add in a piece of fabric, yeah. call your mom. And um, huh? like, I, yeah, based on uh, Billy's um, recommendation, I ended up using Prusa Slicer for the my latest 3D renderings of 3D prints because it can export out the, um, and uh, she'll probably put up a picture of, of the thing. Um, uh, later on in the video, but um, the idea is the G-code, the path that you see in the visualization of that, you can export mm. that out as an OBJ now and hey. then bring it into a renderer and render it out and see what it, and see what it looks like in, say, Blender or something like that. Um, so, or ZBrush in your case. Yeah, that was um, a few months ago they released, maybe it was Maybe it was like a year ago now, actually. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, really, really cool. There's some awesome like time la like fake time lapses, but they look quite real because they've been able to render them. Yes, we are good. I can see your beautiful <laughs> faces again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. you have music instruments. <laughs> Got like all sorts yeah. of musical instruments. Added flair. That's, that that could be a thing. Yeah. yeah. I really like oh. the mermaid. I think the mermaid scales sound the best. They, do, they sound very yeah, nice. They're very they, nice. They, they have a nice, a nice kind of maraca. maraca yeah, yeah. Those ones, are, yeah. Those ones are a little bit, yeah, as opposed to light. You know, more like rain. Oh, one of that versus that. You could, you could literally make a music. Yeah, three D printed stuff. Yeah, they that all sound really cool. Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a yeah. that one's much tinkling. more like marimba -y. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, uh, are you recording yet? Yes, we are recording. Okay. Yes. Okay. So one of the things that, like, I haven't even explored because I'm not uh, the musical inclined as far as that's concerned, um, is in theory, because these all make different styles, um, in theory, you could make some fabric or whatever that if you actually like petted it it would actually make a tune or something like that yes oh, oh that would be cool. so you could do so you could do the conveyor belt thing and make like a music box but instead of being a wheel it could be an entire conveyor belt that went around and you could have it like as That's a wind chime cool. with the wind yeah. powering the that would yeah. be so cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. What a great idea. Someone do that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Admittedly, there is a couple of people here in, I think actually in London, who do some really cool things with technology and music. Um, mm. And and like, admittedly, I'm, I, I like music. 
I am somewhat musically inclined, but not of the making music kind of musically inclined. Yeah. So, yeah. like, like yeah, I uh, this is this is definitely outside of yeah. my realm as well. Oh, so going back to uh, the Prisa Slicer, I don't. Mm. Um, you might be able to answer this question for me. Can you currently in Prisa Slicer save? the pause set up separately from the model. Like, what would you, like, what would like you as save? A profile? So, so I want to have a profile where it always does a pause on layer three. Yes. So it prints down two layers and then it will pause on layer three. Yes, you can. Um, you would basically create a, um, a new printer profile for it. So I have a um, I have a printer profile specifically for when I do time lapse um, yeah. with my camera, and that requires a whole series of of custom G code um, yeah. pauses, um, movement, that sort of thing. And so, so I don't have to put that in every time I do a time lapse. I have basically saved a printer profile because that's that's the part of the slicer that has the custom G code in it. Um, okay. So. Obviously, you can save printing profiles, which is where yeah. you put things like layer height and infill and stuff like that. But then you have your printer profiles. Yeah. Um, and so I have a specific printer profile for when I want to do time lapses. So you could create a printer profile for when, for, for yeah, if you always want it to pause at layer three, for example. Yeah. Um, that would be the sort of thing that you would put into the custom G code and you would then save that printer profile and then that would be saved. And so every time you want to do that, you would just make sure you go to that printer profile. So yes, the, it can be done. Okay. Also, like the way that I do mine currently is I actually set it up as two separate G codes mm. ah. um, because I want to do things like the first layer. I want to print that like extra hot the new layer that's going down onto the fabric. I want up that by another, you know, 10 degrees or something like that, just so that it oozes through. You should probably um, set that up in Cura if you want, because you can change things like temperature at a certain layer height. So you yeah. should be able to set that up in Cura. And then the way to save it in Cura is you just export the project file. And then every time just yeah, open up see, that project file and then put in a new model. But see, that's the thing is I want to do a project where it's not attached not tied to where I can easily swap out the model yeah. from it. I'm not sure. And you, see can the... save, you might be able to save a project file without any model in it. You might be able to. I've never actually tried. But even if, yeah, yeah I, I usually just have like a dummy model there for like the ones I. Can yeah, I'll, I'll have that. I'll have a dummy model um, that will that will do it in. But sometimes it's like attached. I remember in Cure in the older versions, um, like you actually had to pick the model that you wanted to pause on and what layer there was some you don't weird need thing to with now. it. Yeah, you I definitely can just run a post-processing script and it will just insert it into the G-code at a certain okay, layer good. and it will just pause at that layer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so can, so yeah. all these like weird technical things that I would run into with it because it's like I kept on because the main one that I use is Simplify 3D and I would love to use other ones for a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, but you know, they had um, a setup where it's like, I had a very easy way of just getting in and getting out of 
the slicer without having to make sure things were checked or unchecked or whatever um, whenever I um, applied the new models to it. So that was always um, a trickiness as far as dealing with these because you want to do things like make sure that if you do it as two separate G-codes, especially on a Prusa or something like that, you don't want it to go through the homing sequence. Mm, mm. You don't want it to go through the bed leveling sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things that you might want to do at the end of it where it holds the motors. Um, if you can get scripts that hold the motors on the 3D print because your chance of bumping the bed and having it slide Mm. It goes up. So if you can hold the motors, you get an extra thing where the where the bed itself won't slide when yeah. it and then also retracting and also controlling when it pauses the retract height so it actually retracts Literally. high enough for you to get the fabric into it. So yeah. all of these so that, in Cura, the pause currently adorable. like the pause that I use, which is in a post processing script, um it yeah, it automatically lifts the head up and you can actually tell it where to park the head as well. So you can even move it nice. over to the side and then bring it back. And I know if you were to save a project in Cura, it would save all of those settings that you just mentioned, like all of that with it. Yeah. Um, so you'd just be able to open up a file and put in new models into it. Um, yeah, because that's how I do a lot of my saving of profilers in Cura. I just export the G-code and also save the project file because it's not very big. I think it's smaller than the yeah. G-code normally. Um, and, and then, yeah, I just keep them all in my projects like you know my projects folder so that i can always go back to them and be like oh yeah this thing is very much like that thing and i'm so i'm going to use that as a start for my settings that's profile that's very yeah. smart so yeah, yeah you'd be able to save thing. all that in Curo. yeah sorry awesome <laughs> great great yeah because it's like one of the things i i you know i think i was telling you billy about this is i love using uh the fuzzy skin in Curo. yes yeah um <laughs> have you seen that thing what i have you seen I have it? seen yeah, it. Yeah, so good. And what I refer cool. to as um, abusing the fuzzy skin. <laughs> so a lot of times it's like just like a little bit, like a quarter of a millimeter, something like that. And no, I'm like five millimeters. Just, you know, just. Your machine's just crying. It's <laughs> just all scribbles. Um, <laughs> There's definitely still a lot of things that Kira has that nothing else has which yeah. I find somewhat interesting, like the fuzzy skin. Like, I don't think any other slicer has that. So, like, yeah. it's, it's I don't know. And, and again, tree supports. This is this is something that Kira yeah. does that I don't think any other slicer, at least not that I've used, um, can do. So Kira has still got some, some the corner the corners on, on the market in, in some areas. They also have sure. a really good yeah. um, plug-in store that I don't think many people know about. But Kira has, like, a store for plugins where people have submitted mm. cool kinds of plugin things and that's how I do my pretty pattern plugin somewhere. I think that's where I used um some of the um earlier pauses were through a plugin through the that plugin store. Makes sense. Because they so. didn't have it they didn't have it as a default um earlier on when I was doing it. You know, I would literally, you know, look at the print and literally just hit pause on the printer and you know, get it in there and then unpause it Meaning, and yeah. go from there. <laughs> on a very similar machine to your mini as well, uh, like a yeah. clone of that basically. And yeah, I would hit pause and just like, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. I've even done ones where it's like, I didn't have 
time or tape. So I like held the print down while it was ho- printing the first print and tried to like not hit my fingers. And move in line oh, with the bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, move in line with the bed. Yeah. So oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like after yeah. the first first layer, it doesn't matter. Yeah. After it's it, you know oozed through, you're good to go. Why? Yeah. Why? Fine. Why? Fine. Totally fine. <laughs> Now, admittedly, I just I just had to learn G code. I just had to learn well, not all G code, but I had to learn yeah. how to. Uh, I had to learn the G code commands to do the this stuff in Prusa Slicer. So it sounds like it might be slightly easier to do in Cura, um, since I I literally had to just write in G code to to tell the printer to do the things I wanted it to do for the time lapse um, in Prusa Slicer, which again is not terribly difficult if you have a, a yeah like I did, of all the g-code commands um and what they do but if there is obviously like a plugin in in cure yeah. standard functionality that lets you kind of do things like moving the head out of the way changing the height having it retract um yeah like the bed height one easier yeah like the bed height um retract stuff that's a separate um bit of g-code on the Artemis because uh, it's using uh, Duet Wi-Fi as a controller. Okay. So it's like, if you haven't used that, you know, it's like people are like, oh, it's just like um, uh, Octoprint. It's like, um, no. Because uh, <laughs> it's actually like, it. it's actually broadcast a website that you can pull up on anything and you have, um, and then you can actually run prints from that because it actually has the saved files. And then you could, you know, there's a way to hook up a camera if you want. And then it has all these like macros that you can put in for it. And it that's what like different uh, to Print. <laughs> so it's like I, I'm I'm a huge supporter of Octoprint. I'm I'm glad it exists. You know. Um, I actually um, supported for a while the Patreon, the, the woman who created um, Gina, yeah. that, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, for for what I needed to do. Um, and like the fact that this is how um, it came. I just found this a way, um, way more straightforward way to, to find out what's going on with it. Yeah, I so. mean, it comes with a duet board, so you may as well get the full use of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like part of the beauty of the Artemis. <laughs> Built-in functionality. Yeah, yeah the yeah. duet's kind so. of amazing, really. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's, you know, it's overpowered for a 3D printer because it's built for a CNC machine. Yep, yep. Uh, explains, uh, that explains the name. Yeah, so that's why... Um, uh, like um, my other crazy printer, um, the the um, the diabase machine that uses a Duet Wi-Fi with a secondary daughter board because it has so much stuff going on with it. Um, <laughs> Faye's like oh. looking this up. What, what in the world's a, a Duet? Yeah, this uh, is, this what's is a diabase machine? Uh, Joel Collins yeah. did. Um, did a video on it and after that it was like oh i need to look into getting one of these and it's a it has five it's a turret head and it has five 
um, tools on it. And they can be configured to be a CNC um, mill or a nozzle. So the idea is you 3D print out and then out of like 3D print like PLA, and then you mill away until you get a surface that's like a, um, a plastic injection molded part. So this isn't the same thing as the machines with the swappable heads. No, this is okay. this is its own crazy monster. Um, I have some videos up. We'll probably put in some yeah, video yeah, of it. It's, it's a it's a very different system. Like oh. the amount of R and D they put into it is absolutely amazing because it's not oh, built like on it. anything else. Um, yeah, if you look up um, uh, die base printer, is it uh, die as that. in D I E base? Yeah, uh, D I. I think it's D I A. Um, we'll find a video. You'll you'll send me a video. Yeah, yeah. We'll include it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Based printer. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I don't know that I'm. You're gonna get. Yeah, no, I'm, get, I'm getting the actual printers here, so like, like, like yeah. Printers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's thing. yeah, it's not yeah, it's uh, not dye based like like uh, food dye or something like that. It's, mm. Um, so anyways, those kind of things where you have like a very complicated system is good for like what the Duet Wi-Fi board is designed mm. for. Mm. Um. I wanted to see. Do you guys have any other questions for me? Oh, gosh. Um, um, it'd be cool to know about, like, because your stuff is just so creative. Like, you just come up with the most interesting ideas. How does that happen for you? Like, where does your inspiration come from? What's that sort of creative process like? I think that would be quite interesting to find out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, a lot of the creative stuff that came out with it is I'll either see a video or I will do something with one 3D printing on fabric and then go, well, what about this material? Well, what about this material? So most of the um, things um, that I've printed out are based on a what-if question that I had once I printed out something just before that. Mm -hmm. So, so, what? You're curiosity driven. Oh yeah, the curiosity of it. Like I saw a video on this guy who was trying to make his own um, gecko tape, which was basically the stuff for climbing the walls, and he oh. used um, diffraction grating, and he poured silicone on it to try to get the ridges so that it would stick on glass, and he could do this like gecko thing. But when he poured it on there and pulled it off, he got this rainbow sheen that you got from the diffraction grating. And I'm like, hmm, Accident wonder what happens it. if I print on that with 3D, with plastic. Would that work? Seems plausible. So I went on Amazon, found that, and then printed it out. And, then, and, my, and I was like, oh, golly, that works. That works really well. And then that's Funny. why you see all like the, uh, the rainbow stuff, it was just because I wanted to see, you know, does that work as well doing a mold from the silicone as it 
you know, can I do that same thing with a 3D print? It turns out, yeah. Do you have any there? Do you have any pieces there? If not, um, I'll pull out the videos and include them because for yeah, anyone who hasn't seen them, video. they're amazing. I was looking for some and so it's like, I, but yeah, um, but I don't have any right now, so. That's okay. Um, yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. Have you seen those, Faye, the rainbow? No, I'm like, I'm like, what are y'all talking about? I need they, to see this. They're like oil slick rainbow. rainbows on on the um, surface of your yeah. Like the hexagon yeah. on my um. His profile picture. The hexagon that that's on my um avatar for like my Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. That's coming right Ooh. off the printer. That's and it's not so vibrating. The, or, the film yeah. isn't attached either. The film stays on the print bed. And the thing itself gets that pattern because it's imprinted oh the diffraction grade. That's right, isn't it, David? Yeah. I'm excited. No, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. seeing this. Yeah. I would remember this. I would remember yeah. this. So, I, mean, I, mean, so the- I like I like rainbow stuff. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. Um, You'll love so it. <laughs> this is relevant to my interest. Yeah. And I was shocked at how well it worked. The and you can I printed on like the same material like five times. So it's not like it, it basically think of it as like a record impression, you know, you're by printing on it, you're, you're basically making an impression in the same way that you would press a, um, a regular vinyl record. Okay. You're recording the grooves of the diffraction grading into your plastic in the same way that you record whether you print it on glass or whether you print it on a PIE sheet or whatever you're printing on, you get that texture, right? Mm. You get the glass mm. texture. So you get that shininess if you print it on glass, but if you print it on something else, then you get like, you know, more of this matte color, you know, because uh, this is the sand the PI. Yeah. Same principle when you print on the diffraction grading, it's just on a much, much smaller scale. And it's such a small scale that the wavelengths of light are different with it. So that's why it diffracts out. But that's so cool. Because it actually is little, the diffraction grading is designed for figuring out what um, an object is made of. So you see like a star and it's actually like a different color and stuff like that. I can't remember how it all works, but the idea would is you look at something with the diffraction grading and you just see um, little um, spikes of light where different materials are. So like different, um, so it may look white, but you're just seeing like, a thin sliver of green and a thin sliver of red, and through that you can figure out um, the chemical compound of it. This yeah. happens, so I get these things and I print it out, and it's like it's not looking rainbow. I'm using an LED light. The LED light isn't full spectrum, so it won't show the rainbow. So you have to use incandescent light, natural light, in order to get the full spectrum of it and get the full rainbow. So it depends on your lighting, whether you actually see the full rainbow on the material. That's good to know. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you need that white blended light. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so cool. 
Oh. Science. <laughs> Science. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Science yeah. Is very cool. Yeah. Very, very right. cool. It's, so, like, yeah. it's like it's like that. Is it Pink Floyd? Is that right? With the prism? Yeah, yeah the Pink Floyd. It's yeah. like yeah. that, but lots of yeah. tiny, tiny ones. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. yeah, it is, isn't yeah. it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Splitting. Yeah, no, I'm definitely. I'm definitely gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see these videos. You will I'm kind love of like, it. <laughs> yeah. I, my brain's like, I kind of understand, but we're missing a piece. And as soon as I see it, I'm gonna go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you'll love it. Visual. I so, can't see you. Yeah. It's rainbow and yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I'm already sold. I'm already love a sparkle. I'm a magpie, so, really. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, actually, give me a sec. I think I know where one is. Just ah, give me one awesome. second. Yeah. Yes. Oh. There's also an article. I think Raspberry Pi did an article after after David posted some Twitter posts, and I'm oh. pretty. No, Adafruit. What am I saying? Adafruit. Adafruit did not. Yeah, so if like, you wanted to get on the Google. Yeah, no, it's Adafruit. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. And they have some GIFs of sense. the rainbows. So, um, yeah, if you wanted to Google right now, you'd be able to see. But um, I, I will I will wait to see what, what David brings. <laughs> I, loved, I love the background. Yes. It's just like the, the dress forms with the awesome outfits. Yes. And the, and the, and the, the nice lighting. He's always looks so good on camera. I like the, the, the these shoulder things going on. It's a little bit superhero. I like it. Super superhero. Yeah. It's also very like seventies superhero, mm. which is yes. good. Like I, I approve. I approve of that. <laughs> <We> approve of it. Stylistic <laughs> choice. Yeah. I'm I'm half expecting that one day there's gonna be a whole bunch of gifts of me turning up from these videos because I make such ridiculous faces. <laughs> I'm sure I do too. I'm like. <laughs> I'm really, really excited, and then I make really silly faces. Okay. All right. Ah, yes. So, oh, yes. Oh. Oh, wow. So oh, you can see God. it doesn't look that much there. Let me see if I, I had it on the couple. It. Yeah, like, I, a couple of yeah, flashes yeah, at the right angle. It did catch. But let's see if I do this. Yeah. 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 No, I'm definitely, definitely seeing. Oh, and that's just from printing on this material. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. So there we God. go. There. Yeah. No, I want I want this in my life. I just want everything to have a rainbow bottom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> rainbow bottoms for like, everybody. Why would, why would you not? Why would yeah. you not? Exactly. What, what is the reason to not do this? So, so I'm not hearing a good reason. Yeah, one of, one of the guys at uh, Adafruit, he actually did like um, some controller thing and actually printed out and put that on. So yeah, I was just talking yeah. about that yeah. while you were rummaging. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. before so. before we we wrap up, do you have yeah. any final things to, that you want to share? Where can people find you? Um, do you um, have any, anything coming up that you want to hype a little bit? Like, like, like the, the main one that like I'm doing right now is I'm actually working on um, a lot more digital stuff. Um, my goal with um, the current stuff is to take my knowledge of the 3D printing and fashion stuff and actually do a virtual fashion show where I'm actually doing 3D um, animated models that are have 
simulated um, fabrics, but I'm also working on simulated chain mail and some of my other prints as far as like how how the chains and the 3D work together and trying to simulate more complicated um, material structures. That is awesome. So, so you're basically um, taking something that was digital turned physical back into digital. Yeah. So, and that's where the 3D printing that you can actually save out as the save out the simulation of the 3D print in the slicer back as an OBJ to then bring it into a 3D program to then simulate it out as a, as a fabric. So I love it so much. It's just, <laughs> it's like full circle. Yeah, <laughs> it, and it's like, it requires like so many programs that it's like, what? I, I have to use this, what I'm using the 3D program and then it goes from fusion to a slicer to this to back there. And so, <laughs> so, so I, I brought this idea up with Billy was the idea that I really, really liked the feathers that she had created. And I wanted to see if we could come up with something where we combined the feathers and um, a joint thing, kind of like um, these pieces, the, um, the poly panels. Don't um, make anything, yeah. Definitely. And yeah. Don't make anything poly panels and the 3D printing on fabric so that we could have the feathers like this that would be attached at a hinge point onto Ooh. fabric. I'm That's so very cool. I'm That's so excited cool. about this. Yes, this yeah. will be great. We will make beautiful things. Beautiful feathery yeah. things. Ethical feathery yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that so. would be amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yes, I'm very yeah. excited about that. <laughs> yeah. And that'll be interesting to, like, just figure out as far as, like, workflow, as far as dealing with, um, you know, completely different places, completely different printers and making something that the tolerance works um, for both people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We'll do it. I believe in us. Yeah. We are clever cookies yeah. and we'll make it work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe in you too. <laughs> thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, yes, You're thank welcome. You. <laughs> thank you so, so, so incredibly much for joining us. Um, this was Thank awesome. you, David. Yeah. Thank you such incredible work as always and so, over such a broad range of things and yes just is so inspiring yep. and i'm yep. kind no, of fangirling right now yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you so so much for coming on david um yes and of course thank you Faye, for joining too and being wonderful co-host as always yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we Faye. But thank you for having me yeah. and uh yeah We'll see y'all uh, see y'all next time with our, our next maker. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. Cool, thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Awesome. I will I will stop recording. Why thank am you I so much. I don't know what went on. We're cursed. I am loving making this series and if you are too, please support me on Patreon so I can keep making more. Top supporters will appear in this list of legends. <laughs> you can meet another maker here, and here's a video YouTube thinks you'll like. 
If you want to catch up with any of us, all our socials are in the description below. See you later!